Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Giants Beat Podcast. This, of course, is the Week 9 Review Show. And as always, alongside Justin Whitmont, I am Scott Thompson. It was the Giants picking up their third straight win yesterday afternoon, and this one meant a lot more than the past two weeks as they defeated division rival the Philadelphia Eagles on their home turf in MetLife Stadium. The Giants have been 1-7 in in the past eight games at home, and virtually over the past few years, it has definitely been the Eagles that have been dominating the season series. But the tide has now changed, and in the Giants' favor, as this big division win pushes the Eagles to 0-3 in the division, while Big Blue now stands at 5-3 overall and 2-1 in the division, that's good for second place behind the Dallas Cowboys. Great game by the G-Men overall, and let's get right into it. Let's get into what went right starting with the defense, and we're going to have to highlight Landon Collins to start it off. Once again, an absolute amazing outing for the second-year player out of Alabama. On the Eagles' first drive, Collins picked off Carson Wentz that would eventually set up a touchdown pass to Odell Beckham Jr. to strike first on the scoreboard. And now we will bring in Justin Whitmont. Justin, Collins has now had three picks in the last two weeks. What can you attribute to that success right now, being in the right position to make these big plays? I mean, what is this guy doing that's so right? So you got to start with, like you just said, being in the right position, and that's what it is with safeties uh, coming away with interceptions. We saw with Andrew Adams yesterday as well, getting an interception, the ball landing right into the breadbasket there. But Collins is in this position this year, whereas last year he had one interception, I think, and the reason he's able to get these interceptions is he is now playing in his position. Last year, the Giants were playing him out of position, and now he's back in his natural spot playing as a box safety, and he's just freelancing all over the field. And aside from the interceptions, that's what allows him to now pick up another sack yesterday. And he's really he's all over the field. He leads the team in interceptions, uh, tackles, and I believe sacks. So it's not a coincidence that last year his rookie season, his rookie season, excuse me, he is out of position, and now the Giants get him in the right spot, and he is having an incredible season. I mean, he might not be be an All Pro or a Pro Bowler just because he is in his sophomore season. However, if this was his third or fourth season, I think it would be clear that he is an All Pro. Yeah, I mean, you you brought it up perfectly. Collins currently leading the Giants in interceptions with three, sacks with three, and total tackles with 69. In that category, he led the team in his rookie season, which was last year in with, uh, excuse me, 112 combined tackles, which is amazing for a rookie. And he's obviously on pace to break that as we're halfway through the season. And now last week, Justin, you did call Janoris Jenkins the best player in the secondary at the moment, but the performance of Collins would definitely say otherwise. Would you like to change that statement after last week? I mean, after right uh, now, uh, this week, excuse me? Right now, I'm going to stick with uh, Jenkins. And based on the past two weeks, I definitely think that it's Collins. But Jenkins is, again, he had the ball thrown to him, I think it was like five times or something, or six times, and only one time uh, a receiver caught it. So Jenkins, although quiet, he is – continuing to be a dominating player on this defense and without him you know this defense I don't I think the team would 
be four and uh, four and four. I don't even know if they'd be five and three right now. Four and four, yeah. maybe even uh, three and five. Who knows? But having Janoris Jenkins here, who is shutting down top wide receivers week in and week out, I mean, it's hard to uh, it's hard for me to explain how important that is for the defense. Now, Collins, yes, he's a bonus in that secondary. He's like I said, in his back to his regular position, and you see how much better he's playing. And it's just it's hard for me to go with a safety here as great of a season as Collins is having. It's hard for me to pick the safety, especially Collins, who it's important he's in the box, but he's a he's freelancing over the field. He's kind of playing his yeah. own game back there, where Jenkins is getting stuck on a number one receiver, not even a number two, not even in the slot like DRC. He's guarding top receivers week in and week out and getting the job done. Yeah, and, and he was going to have to face off against A.J. Green next week, but we'll get to that on Friday in that preview. But you, you, make, you make a very good point. You know, Janoris Jenkins being the silent assassin that he is, he hasn't been thrown to a lot lately, too, because of how many balls that he's deflected. So, you know, Collins obviously putting up a lot more numbers on the stat sheet and making those, you know, playmaker, you know, you know plays like that. Norris Jenkins, on the other hand, you know, not really getting thrown to and just and just doing his job when that happens. Like you said, just one catch on, on six attempts and just six attempts, you know, especially to your number one receiver is amazing. Moving on, we have to talk about these big stops that stops that were made yes in yesterday's game. Many times in a rivalry game like this one, you will see both teams trying to test the other team on big plays, and the Eagles did that a lot yesterday. However, it was extremely ill-advised with the G-men D draped all over them on those big plays. The Eagles went for it on fourth down four times yesterday, and they only converted one of them. That was on a fourth and nine chance near the end of the game that eventually led to a field goal. But the Eagles were five and five, uh, five, four, five, excuse me, in the previous games on fourth downs. Forward now, three for 15 on third downs. And, of course, that final drive of the game where the Giants stopped the Eagles in scoring territory on four straight downs to ice the game. Justin, 23 points went across the board. We know that. But when it came down to making that big play, the Giants once again delivered. What are your thoughts on all those big stops yesterday? Because things could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I sound like a broken record here week in, week out again saying this. <laughs> but the Giants are on the bottom half of – these, uh, of whoever they're playing when it comes to time of possession. Better this week, 27 minutes on offense. But, again, the mm-hmm. defense is on the field far longer than the offense is. And so 23 points, it's not bad. It's not good either. I'd say it's, it's just about average, maybe a tiny bit, bit more than average for the league. Anyways, um, they're on the field, though, longer. There, there's been one game out of the eight games the Giants have played where the offense was on the field longer. And other than that one game, it's been drastic difference, a drastic difference between the time of possession mm-hmm. between the defense and offense. And this defense, in terms of the stops that you mentioned, it's huge. And it's something that's been a storyline over the course of this season. You remember against the Ravens, Jonathan Casillas came up with that big stop. There's been a, a lot of big of stops this season. And that can really be the difference maker uh, for a, for a season for a team. If yesterday we saw the Eagles score a touchdown, the the Giants are right now they're out, they're not even in the playoff picture. Right now they're a five seed and they're not even in the playoff picture. They're at the bottom of the division with the Redskins. 
and even the Casillas play, if he doesn't make that tackle, the Ravens very well go on and win that game. So it's a huge difference from last year. It's one of the main factors in why the Giants' record is so much better than it was last season, and they're winning these close games. And like you said, Eagles going forward on the fourth down, chances yesterday, only converting one. And I was shocked to see how many options they ran to Wentz, and not one of them worked. Yeah. The Giants were all over them, and I think Doug Peterson needs to take a look at the playbook because I don't know what was going through his head calling those plays that <laughs> did not work once. Yeah, I mean, you you brought up you brought up uh, Casillas, and it's not just one player or one unit making these big stops. I mean, it, it can be anyone. You brought up Andrew Adams yesterday, the undrafted rookie out of UConn. He, not only did he get his first career interception, but more importantly, he tipped that easy touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews. That was an easy six points, and he saved that. Trevin Wade, you know, defending Matthews on the final play in the end zone. The D-line coming up with good pressure on Wentz, forcing turnovers, tipping passes. JPP had a great game yesterday. Now, Justin, we keep talking about defense because that that's who's been – basically winning these games, especially the Rams game two weeks ago. You talk about that huge stop with uh, Jonathan Casillas last week on Terrence West with the Ravens. Because of this good play all around, would you say that this defense is truly playing as a unit and all the cogs are in place? Uh, I think that's a perfect way to put it. I definitely think the secondary deserves the most credit. Collins, Janoris Jenkins, DRC is having a great season, which we haven't talked about much. Uh, Eli Apple had a bad day yesterday, but overall, he, was, he wasn't he was expected to have a good season. He's a raw talent, and in the beginning of the season, at least, he was contributing. And now Andrew Adams, who wasn't even on the team until week six or week seven, and he's making plays. So this secondary definitely deserves credit. However, the linebackers, which I've said was a unit heading into the season that there were doubts about, but Jonathan Casillas stepping up, becoming the captain of that unit, of that defense, I should say, and Keenan Robinson, who was signed from the Redskins, uh, the familiar face for this Giants team. They played him when he was down in D.C., and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a very talked-about signing, but he's definitely, he's been a very big contributor, especially in coverage. Then you add Devon Kennard, you add Kelvin Shepard, and J.T. Thomas, who's out, he's on the IR, but, you know, this linebacker, core has played I mean it's doubled its expectations at least and that's a weird way to put it but they really have yeah and then the D-line got off to a slow start now they're getting pressures and like we talked about last week Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul were both top five in the league in QB hurries and it's just a matter of time before these two guys start getting sacks they each had one sack yesterday they were both kind of uh I don't know if you should give credit for the sacks they were kind of yeah sacks but Anyways, uh, yeah, like you were saying, as a unit, this defense is playing phenomenal. And But I think if you're giving credit out, the secondary is where you give the credit. Absolutely. Now, final thought on the defense. The Giants' red zone defense, we've been talking about it this entire time and how efficient they've been. They now moved up in the NFL rankings. They are now second in the NFL in red zone efficiency. Teams only scoring 39% of the time if you want to talk about touchdowns, only 39% when they are in the red zone, and that is only 1% off from probably the best defense in the NFL in the Seattle Seahawks, who are at 38%. Let's move on to the other side of the ball, Eli Manning and the offense. 
He has four touchdowns. We talked about that. But let's talk about the offensive line first. They played very well against a very good Eagles pass rush who had 20-plus sacks heading into this game. Justin Pugh obviously coming out, Brett Jones going in, and still, it was pretty good. Eli had a great pocket. Justin, what enabled the Giants to play so well and allow just one sack from this lethal Eagles D-line? Well, you said it. Brett Jones coming in, Justin Pugh goes down with that MCL sprain, and he was the only offensive lineman to not allow a pressure the entire game. And that's huge for a guy who hasn't really seen much playing time at all in the NFL, uh, a little bit in the preseason, but really almost nothing. And he steps right in, and he plays great. Then Eric Flowers on the left side of the offensive line, he had a decent game, and the expectations have been lowered for him after another horrible start to a season. But he only had that one false start. uh, And other than that, he played pretty solid. He was okay in protection. I still wouldn't go far enough to say he played well, but okay game from him, especially compared to what we've seen and how bad he can be. Then Weston Richburg, he's an all-pro. He should be at least this season. And, you know, always. this He was a second-round pick and kind of overshadowed by the guy taken in the first round. He was He's an okay player, Odell Beckham. But Weston Richburg, on the <laughs> other hand, taken in the second round and – he, yeah. like I said, not being talked about at all, and he's a top three center in this league, so that's kind of the uh, expectation for him is to play at an elite level, and the Giants are seeing that once again this year. And then on the right side, you've got Jerry, um, sorry, uh, John Jerry and, um, I'm blanking, Bobby Hart, and two guys who were not the two guys the Giants wanted to start on that offensive line, it was Marshall Newhouse in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. He goes down, and Bobby Hart steps up, and he's Marshall Newhouse is healthy now, but Bobby Hart, he earned that role, and he's keeping it, and he's playing solid on that right side. I definitely would, I would definitely say better than Newhouse, not that that says much, but John Jerry in the middle at right guard, he's playing well. Also, and Bobby Hart deserves a ton of credit. John Jerry playing well, but Bobby Hart steps up. He was a backup to start the season, like I said, and it's much tougher to be a right tackle in this league than it is to be a right guard. You know, John Jerry on the inside of the line, Mm -hmm. he's got help, but Bobby Hart, he's really, he's had a huge task, and he's stepped right up to the plate, and he's playing great football. And for Giants fans who don't know Brett Jones, Brett Jones is a Canadian-born football player, and he played in the CFL last year. He won the CFL Lineman of the Year. So Brett Jones, not too shabby. You might be seeing him with Justin Pugh out for a pretty good amount of time. But now let's talk about Eli Manning. He seemed to have a solid game yesterday, 257 yards, four TDs, two INTs. Now those INTs kind of – you know, you talk about talk about BS. I mean, the one with Odell Beckham Jr. and having that one stripped out of his hands, then then the one tipped up. It wasn't you know a blatant interception, so we can kind of give that to him. Justin, he had a lot better game than what he's been showing us all season long. Almost, do you think he is quote unquote back right now to the Eli that we know? Uh, Eli, is he back? Uh. I'm not sure I'd go to back. It depends what back is talking about. 2011 Eli, I don't know if I'd go there. But he's on pace for just under 4,500 yards, uh, 24 TDs, I believe it is, and 16 interceptions. Mm -hmm. 
And like you said, there's been so many interceptions this guy has this season and just for his career, and they pie, and they're just they're not on him. You watched the game yesterday, Odell Beckham Jr. It's I, I didn't really like the play call or the decision to make that pass. It was I think third down or whatever it was, and ten yards to go, and it was a little slant route that would have picked up two or three yards. I, I just didn't like that play call, but regardless. Odell had it, and whether it got stripped or whether Odell was down, I happen to believe he was down and should have been should not have been called an interception. But regardless, it was. And that's another one that's not on Eli. And then, like you said, you look at the one at the end of the game that's batted down at the line of scrimmage, and rather tipped up at the line of scrimmage and picked off. And that's another one. It's hard to say. It's Eli doesn't deserve any blame because the ball did get tipped. It wasn't anyone else's fault, but. If that hand doesn't get up there, Will Ty was right in the center of the field, and he would have easily picked up that first down, and that would have sealed the game. But yeah. regardless, is he back? Mm, you could say he's back, but I, I like where he's going. He started off on a bad note, and he's definitely picked it up. So I like the direction Eli's headed in. Yeah, the only reason I'm saying he's back is because I loved that he went – Deep. We haven't seen it all season long, and he just aired the ball out, let his playmakers make a play. We talk about these weapons on the outside so much, and, you know, he finally started to utilize them. Roger Lewis went deep, Victor Cruz, you know, Sterling Shepard as well. I like that he was airing out the ball. That's why I'm going to say Eli is, you know, not quote-unquote back yet, but he's slowly coming back to the Eli that we know. Final thing on offense, Larry Donnell did not have any offensive snaps yesterday while Will Ty had 47 of them. You know, Justin, how, how is this change going to affect the Giants going forward? And do you think that it will affect uh, – um, how, how do you, excuse me, think that it affected them in this win? Uh, I think it's a big plus sign for this Giants team. Kudos to McAdoo for making this change. It was one that was talked about during the bye week, if that was going to be a change we see. And it is. Yeah. And I think it's going to be all positive. Will Ty is so much better on offense. And you saw it yesterday. You know, Eli loves throwing the ball to his tight ends, and Will Ty's proven to, been, to be a more capable player on offense. He did only have 33 yards on four receptions, but with the receiving core the Giants do have, I would say that's pretty good for a tight end there. Yeah. And going forward, I should, I should finish it by saying that, <laughs> like I said, all, all positive. I forgot to talk about going forward. I think it's all positive here. Yeah. I really am not a fan of Larry Donnell, and you know that from two weeks ago after that, uh, after the Ravens game, I believe it was, and he's he's just a he's a sloppy runner. It's, that's kind of a weird term to leave, to use, but this guy's he he thinks he's a five, he thinks he's Odell Beckham or someone. He thinks he's Sterling Shepard with a 41 inch vertical, trying to hurdle guys every play, and that's part of the reason that he loses the, the football so many times. Yeah, I mean, he, don't get me wrong. Guy has hands. We, we, we've we seen it. We saw it last year, especially that game-winning touchdown against, against the Niners. He can go up and get a ball. It's just securing that ball and, and running with it and, and getting yards. We see him fumble a lot. And like you said, I think sloppy is actually a good adjective to use to, you know, give that to him. Let's go to what went wrong on defense. And now this really isn't really a defense question because we just praised the entire defense to start. This is more of a special teams question. You know, Justin Sproles almost took a punt back to the house, and we all know how dangerous this guy could be in the open field. 
do you think that this was on Brad Wing for punting it into the hands of Sproles? You know, we talk about the miracle of the Meadowlands with Deshaun Jackson and Matt Dodge and just don't punt it to him. And you saw Wing punt it out of bounds, you know, the first couple of punts, and then he started kicking it to him, you know. And, you know, how would you, you know, overall evaluate Wing's performance this season? I mean, he has been under a little bit of speculation. So, you know, in terms of Sproles and in terms of overall, how do you think Brad Wing did? If you asked me before this game, I would have said he's been phenomenal. And now after the game, I kind of heading back on my words there. Wing, like you just said, punts the ball right to Darren Sproles, one of the most dangerous returners in the NFL. And we saw he almost took it all the way back to the house. Didn't luckily for the Giants, but you've got to punt the ball out of bounds, especially when you've got Sproles on the other side. And then there was that other punt where he was pinned deep in the end zone wing that is and I'm not really sure what happened but he kind of just missed it and it was a kind of a shanked punt I'm not sure if that's the way to put it but it only traveled 40 or 40 yards or so if that and so yesterday wing definitely did not have a good game and you could see based on the way he came off the field he he's not he was not happy he's a passionate guy and I think that's part of the reason he and Odell are such good friends it wouldn't work otherwise with Odell's passion but wing he seems to love what he does, and he definitely was not happy with the way he played yesterday, and he definitely shouldn't have been happy. And overall, I well, kind of want to talk about the yeah. defense uh, just because we have nothing else here for what went wrong. Yeah. The only <laughs> criticism I'd give this defense is that there are drives when the Eagles just went all the way down the field, Wentz completed four deep balls over 20 yards, and – that's when this defense. That's where this defense gets killed. They play so well, and then they yeah. let up one or two or three big plays, and that's why the other team is able to stay in the game, like we saw yesterday. Yeah. I think that 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 also bothered me a lot. I mean, you talk about Bryce Treggs and and Trey Burton, people that you just never heard of before this game. You know, making plays like that, blown coverages. I mean, that the ball to to Treggs was supposed to be picked up by Nat Burhey, and he just never picked him up. Treggs ran right past him. And you saw Janoris Jenkins just shaking his head after. So, you know, we saw a few blown assignments. You talk about Eli Apple. Um, but overall, at the end of the day, Giants defense did the job, so there wasn't much to say about him. And for the Brad Wing situation with being one of Odell Beckham's best friends, obviously going to LSU, they grew up together, you know, in college. And maybe that passion just rubbed off on both of them. Something's going on down in the bayou there because they are producing a lot of passionate players. Let's go on to what went wrong in the offense. Receivers hauled in four touchdowns as a group. But, you know, Justin, go through these receivers individually. You know, give us an analysis of each, each of these guys because, you know, we could see some discrepancy going forward with Roger Lewis getting a bit more time. You know, Sterling Shepard has been utilized. I mean, he got a touchdown, but he hasn't been utilized as much as we thought he would. You know, give us a little bit of a rundown on these receivers right now. So to start with Odell Beckham and – you know, very good for him to go up and grab those two touchdowns. But, and this is a big what if, so I know most of you aren't going to want to hear this, but if he doesn't get that fade on the one-yard line and the Giants run it in, and if on that play when he ran a slant over the middle, he gets brought down as he should have been by the Eagles after 10 yards, and he didn't, and it was a great play by him. But if he did for both of those scenarios, he has – 28 yards or so, two receptions, zero touchdowns, and we'd be sitting here probably with a Giants L, and they'd be 4-4 four and four without those two Odell Beckham touchdowns. 
and we'd be saying, what's wrong with Odell? And so I think it's hard for everyone to look at him right now. It's unfair to say, oh, he had two touchdowns, great game, because one was a fade, and it was a I don't. I'm not trying to take away credit because they were both very good plays by Odell. But if they don't happen, his stat line is the worst of his career, and we would be on his case right now. Sterling Shepard, another good good game by him. Three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Not much to say there. Victor Cruz was really not really was he was not really a factor. He had that one catch down the sideline for 46 yards, and then he got hurt. So he really only played about a half. And then, like you said, Roger Lewis, who is really getting a lot more game time, and he scored a touchdown as well. So I like what I'm seeing from Lewis and Shepard. Cruz is on a downward trend this season, and I want to see him turn it around. And Odell, although he had those two touchdowns, you got to keep in mind that if he didn't, we would be on his case right now. Yeah. Well, in favor of of the receivers and the offense as as a total, you know, they did get good field positions, especially in that first half alone with those two quick picks. So maybe that has something to do with it. But still, like you said, we would probably still be on his case considering, you know, it is Odell Beckham Jr. But we got to talk about the run game yet again, Justin. It's not going to be pretty. It was another pathetic showing from this unit as they rushed for a very underwhelming 54 total yards. And that includes Eli Manning rushing for negative four yards. But um, Justin, Perkins did get a lot more playing time. He got as many touches as Rashad Jennings, 11 total. And, you know, we thought something would change by giving Perkins that shot, and it didn't. Any thoughts on what went wrong here? I mean, I've been saying it week in, week out, and it's that this offensive line, although they're better in pass protection, they are a horrible run-blocking unit. And you put anyone behind that line, and I don't think they can do anything. I mean, you could put the best running back in the league, and they're not going to do half as well as they will behind an O-line like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. And that's part of the reason I wanted them to go out and get Joe Thomas. I'm not going to get into that now. That's over. Nothing you could do now. But Paul Perkins, yeah. definitely a solid showing by him. 2.9 yards per carry. That's not very good, but it's better than Rashad Jennings. So I think it's safe to say he's going to keep getting more carries while Jennings is going to be on the other side of that losing carries. And that kind of brings us into the next category, which you added to this show. You can talk about it first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Winners and losers. We're going to start doing this every week in our review show. Winners and losers for the Giants in week nine. I'll start things off so Justin can close because he has a lot to say. So, I'm going to start things off. Landon Collins, obviously, another great outing. Has an interception, a tip pass, 12 total tackles yesterday, which led the team. So Landon Collins gets my first winner. Second, I'm going to give it to Eli Manning. He finally aired out the ball. I liked what I saw from him. You know, not big on the yardage, but he made do four touchdown passes. This is the Eli Manning that we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing at least two TDs up in that stat column. And finally, we see him have a great game. Also, we talked about JPP a little bit. Jason Pierre-Paul had a great game yesterday, especially on those Carson Wentz options that went to him a lot. He was all over Wentz, spying him to a T. He had him beat in, in, the, uh, in the red zone, especially on one that drove him back at least five or six yards. Had a tip pass, almost had that interception at the end on third down that would have sealed the game. But either way, JPP continue, continuously getting better by the week, putting pressure on the quarterback, so he is another winner for me. 
Not a lot of losers in this game for me, but I'm going to have to give my one loser to Eli Apple. Justin, you talked about how he was a raw talent, and you didn't know what you were going to get out of him. He's been having a pretty good season so far. He's been solid on the outside, but you figured that he would have that one game that would have been a bust, and unfortunately it had to happen in a division game. You know, missed the assignment on that Ryan Matthews eight-yard touchdown run. He was supposed to seal the edge, didn't have it. Um, he was looked a little lost on some of his assignments and coverages. So I think, though it was, you know, something that wasn't really the matter, Eli Apple, my loser for this game. Justin, who you got? I'll start off Paul Perkins. And not that he had such a good game, but he played better than Rashad Jennings. He's younger than Rashad Jennings, a lot younger. And he proved the Giants have no reason to play Rashad Jennings nearly as much as they do him. He, Like I said, more potential He's quicker, and he's he's mm-hmm. just a better player right now. So I think he showed why he should have the starting job. Brett Jones comes in, plays really well at that left guard position, filling in for Justin Pugh when he went down for in, to injury. And it's not that he's necessarily going to win a starting job because he's not. Justin Pugh is a Pro Bowl talent guard, and John Derry's been playing well on his side. There's no reason to make a switch. But – he proved that he can be a reliable guy as a backup. And finally, Landon Collins, we've talked about him enough today. I think it's obvious why he's one of my winners, and you touched on that. And for my two losers, Eli Apple, like you said, the thing that stands out for me is missed tackles. He, and like you said, just getting lost in coverage, he, he really can hurt the Giants. And finally, Rashad Jennings on the other side of that Paul Perkins situation, I think he's all but gone from that starting job as the Giants lead back. All right, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week. Friday, Justin and I will be back with a preview of Week 10 when the Giants face off against the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday night. Until then, check out thegiantsbeat.com to get your latest news and analysis. As always on Big Blue, go Giants, and we will talk to you next time.